Hi there, hello, and welcome to Reflections. I am Rom Gaioso, your host. So first of all, I wanted to thank you so very much for investing your time with me and the guests today. Again, thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, that's why I'm here, and that's why the guests are here. We need to have a conversation with you and make sure we're all having uh, a good time. Uh, so uh, before I get started, uh, I have to you know, start with some housekeeping items. So uh, let me go to that. So uh, first of all, uh, some rules, uh, because we are broadcasting through several different channels and each and every one of them, they all have uh, different sets of rules regarding chat or the use of chats or chatting. Uh, so uh, it all boils down to a few, very, very few things. So number one is just make sure you're polite uh, just make sure you're nice, uh, make sure you're courteous. And there's only one golden rule is that uh, absolutely uh, no hate speech is allowed, right? So if you are uh, looking uh, through uh, any one of uh, the lives, so LinkedIn Live, Facebook Live, or if you're looking through YouTube Live, uh, the chat box should be open. So in, in the chats, there's a space for you to share your comments, your thoughts, your questions. So I have a very special favor uh, to ask of you. Uh, please go ahead and, and comment and share your ideas. But uh, when you're asking a question, could you please type hashtag ask in front of your question? Because I will be scrolling up and down the chat box. And if I have a hashtag ask, I can immediately, oh, that's a question. I can immediately spot the question and relate it uh, to the guests. So uh, we can immediately um, get to your question. Actually, if you don't mind, uh, please uh, start talking away and say hi. If you could let me know where you're watching or where you're listening uh, this broadcast from, uh, that would be great. Uh, so there are basically several ways for you to submit a question. Uh, first and foremost, please do use the chat. The chat box is there uh, for us uh, to share and share alike. Uh, if you'd like to, you can email me your question. Just send an email to editor at imcimagazine.com. I will get it. And if you are using or you have to use or you'd like to use the talk to text feature, you can also do that. Uh, please just text plus 001 for the United States. Area code four eight zero five four four eight three seven two. So now, because we are talking about texting and sending messages over text, specific rules and regulations do apply. So privacy rules do apply here. Uh, so uh, I will not be recording your text number, your phone number. I will not be disclosing your phone number or your text number. If you could please just uh, give me a name and the country where you're texting from, that would be perfect. But if you're not comfortable doing that, that's okay too. I would just relate the question as anonymous and I can certainly uh, share the question with the guests and the guests will get to your questions. Wonderful. So let me just uh, make sure there are some questions or some comments. And yes, uh, so hello from Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you so very much. Um, hello, Phoenix. Perfect. 
So let's uh, go back. So the first order of business today is to go through the agenda. So what are you going to be doing today? So uh, first of all, there's going to be a very short and brief introduction, a little intro about the show. Then I'm going to be welcoming three different guests. So the show should be a lot of fun today. Uh, I'm going to first welcome Skylar King from Markets and Markets. Uh, he's passionate about technology. Uh, he's a, a keynote speaker. Uh, should be a very fun conversation. Then I'm going to introduce Fuad ben Yub from Everbridge, and he's going to talk to us about his presentations. And his topic is Link Principles in Competitive Intelligence. Then I'm going to welcome Ijaz Hussein from Deloitte, and he's going to be talking to us about navigating uncertainties. We all want to hear that. So thank you, Ijaz, for being here. Uh, we, again, uh, one thought in people's minds is, you know, the world of the pandemic or the post-pandemic, depending on which side of the world you are, right? So lots of uncertainty, lots of complexity. So this is a very important topic. You know, how do we navigate those troublesome times and, you know, come out well in the end? Now, again, uh, we do have space and time for comments and questions. Uh, but if you have that last-minute burning question or we did not have time to address it during the first part of the stream, towards the end of the presentation, I'm going to have yet more time for Q&A. Uh, so uh, again, if you have some you know, last minute you know, burning question, uh, we can always address that. And if there's no time at all or whatsoever during the broadcast, please leave it in the comment section, either YouTube Live or you know, LinkedIn Live or Facebook Live. Leave the comment in there. I will get to it. I will relay the question to the guests. Uh, they will answer, and I'm going to post it uh, back to you. So you can you will get an answer <laughs> one way or another. Then I'm going to uh, leave you with uh, some upcoming events. Uh, what are the next scheduled shows, some of the topics. So uh, when you are you know, seeing this presentation today, uh, you can go back and look at you know what's gonna what's upcoming and there are more more talks more guests more fun things to have. So I got some more um, comments. Uh, wonderful. Hi, hello from Orlando, Florida. Um, hi, folks. Uh, welcome. I'm very um, happy to have you here. Thanks for joining us from Facebook Live. Okay. So let's get to the introduction first. Okay, wonderful. So this is a short introduction, a little bit about the show. So Reflections is really the live stream partner of IMCI Magazine. Uh, we are on online publication. You can find us at www.imcimagazine.com. Again, we are an online publication in the United States under registry 2769-0008. And we are a member of uh, EWS America Media. Uh, a little bit about the magazine. So our focus is really on intelligence. You can think of it as competitive intelligence, as um, market intelligence, as economic intelligence. Certainly, uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, foresight, foresight methodologies, future studies. So I have lots of friends that come in and discuss several issues, not just about 
the current business environment, but the upcoming business environment and the not so near future. So you're going to see and find uh, more comments and more guests uh, to address those specific topics. Now, if you think about the magazine, what is our vision, really? So it can be summarized into one simple statement, right? Our vision is really to bring diverse perspectives into the debate. Um, my belief and belief of many people is that in, the more voices we add to the debate, the better it is, the richer it is, the better our understanding really is about the environment, what's going on and where we are going, right? Now, when you think of us uh, competitive intelligence professionals, uh, we do have an association. Most, if not all of us, are members of SKIP, Society of Competitive Intelligence Professionals. Uh, you can find them on www.scip.org. And because it is the professional association, you can find information about upcoming events. You can find a library. You can find a blog. If you're looking for a job, actually, that is uh, precisely the first place to go. Uh, because they have several leads and, of course, uh, networking. It's a great place for networking and getting to know other professionals. So in addition to SKIP, uh, many of us, including some of the guests today, speak at uh, ICI events, the Institute of Competitive Intelligence out of Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, they have or they run fabulous events. Um, they are slightly different from the others, so you they are kind of uh, streamed throughout the year. So you can engage in different times of the day or different times of the year. There are you know, presentations, there are interactions, case studies. So ICI is a lot of fun. And then, of course, we have Markets and Markets, and that is an Indian success story. Uh, and by the way, in the spirit of disclosure, I would like to inform you that all of my guests, including myself, the host, we speak at Markets and Markets events, and of course, we'll be talking a little bit about not only what we discussed in prior shows, but uh, what we will be presenting on the upcoming uh, Markets and Markets event. So there's one for the US and there's one for Europe. Actually, there are several events, uh, but that's one of the reasons why we're having this show is to share what we're going to be talking about and what have we been researching, what have we been studying, and what the talk's going to be all about. Wonderful. So let's uh, go back to the agenda. Perfect. Okay. So again, uh, we just uh, went through the introduction. And then I am uh, going to bring uh, one guest with me today. Uh, first of all, I'm going to introduce you to Skylar. Hi, Skylar. Hi, Ron. How are you? <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you so much for your being here with all of us today. Uh, so Skyler is the Vice President of North America for Markets and Markets. Uh, he is very passionate about technology. That's why I said I, I have to get Skyler uh, in the show. Uh, he's a very interesting guy. He has lots of knowledge about AR, about VR, about AI. And he's one person that I can go to and ask those kinds of questions. Uh, so um, first of all, I don't know if I miss anything. So I'd like you to say just a few words about yourself. And if you could say uh, a few words about markets and markets. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much again for having me. Happy to speak a little bit here towards uh, markets, markets in general, what makes us unique and to myself in general. Uh, when it comes to market intelligence and competitive intelligence, I think I have a unique background because 
the beginning of my tenure was spent at a company uh, that really is a technology leader when it comes to understanding PR and marketing from a listening perspective. Uh, I spent a lot of time really from that perspective, getting to understand what companies care about from more so competitive intelligence and a listening uh, and kind of uh, ecosystem uh, overwatch perspective, right? Uh, but as I've transitioned more with Markets and Markets, a company that really specializes in revenue impact and operationalizing that information for market intelligence and competitive intelligence and tying it more to business plans, I think it definitely has helped when it comes to uh, understanding the the needs that my clients run into, especially especially from that technological uh, impact when it comes to, again, uh, certain things like uh, creating a single source of truth or handling, uh, as we're going to be talking about, as you mentioned in our uh, in our presentation here at Markets, markets um, the idea of uh, information overload, why we need to have a uh, a man-machine combination to even help with such a thing, considering the amount of information that we have. So again, uh, very pertinent topics and happy to be here to be able to help with that. Uh, to put a bow on what you had asked though previously, a little bit more about markets and markets. Um, we really, again, our revenue impact partners, we help to basically look at market research information and competitive intelligence research information and help the clients that we work with house all of that and the single source of truth that's as easy to search as Google. Uh, so that's really what the heart of our mission has been is to partner with organizations and kind of uh, help them understand the competitive landscape that they operate in for all of these different industries that they now uh, kind of play within as a result of uh, the expanse of technology and how it's interconnected a number of markets that didn't used to be connected before, which I would say is definitely a growing challenge uh, for a lot of the people that we work with or that I speak to, uh, for sure. So I hope Wonderful. that gives a little bit of an introduction for us here. Yeah. So we do have an upcoming conference, right? The Markets and Markets uh, US conference is coming up. And you do have a panel. So, uh, you know, can you tell us a little bit about the panel? What are you going to be discussing? Absolutely. So the structure of it is going to be a little bit about why talk about human versus machine, um, human versus machine understanding and analysis within competitive intelligence and market intelligence. Really, why is it so important uh, today as opposed to at any time in the, in the uh, past, right? And there's a number of uh, kind of areas that we could dive into in that, but obviously we're in a situation of data overloading, uh, data quantity that frankly humans can't handle. So it's very important and imperative for organizations and people alike to be able to rely on technologies and AI and cognitive computing solutions, uh, you know, text analytics solutions to basically help sort through that and ensure the quality of that data is not being um, lost in translation, right? From there, we're going to look at how we're addressing this. What are the solutions that are in place, whether uh, through a solution like Markets and Markets or other solutions that are out there, right? And then we can look at that intelligence cycle. What are the challenges and what opportunities are created and what are some of the issues that we face when we look at gathering, uh, qualifying, and disseminating that information within teams uh, or to the greater public, uh, whoever it is that we're trying to communicate that to as an audience. Uh, so those are some of the uh, topics that we'll be tackling when it comes to market intelligence and competitive intelligence and our right to play within that. 
Wonderful. Now, uh, you do interact with several of the top Fortune 500 companies, and I really have to ask you, what exactly keeps your clients up at night? Hey, What's that, in their minds? That's a great question, uh, especially framed within kind of the competitive intelligence and market intelligence landscape, right? With a lot of the Fortune 500s, you would imagine that there's such dominant players within the industries that they do play within that they might not need or they might have a good handle on all the information that they need access to, right? But it really comes down to having a single source of truth that they can really rely on and understand um, if, if something like a, a COVID-19 comes up or a major industry event that really challenges a lot of the information that they may have gathered previously, how do we make sure that this is up to date and uh, it basically stays uh, as relevant and uh, accurate as possible, right? So I would say that having that single source of truth and making sure that they have a place to collate and disseminate that data is definitely one of those uh, challenge points. Uh, but there are a couple more that they do share pretty consistently. Um, I can dive into this a little bit more, but just to make it as brief as possible, understanding the cascaded ecosystem that they all play within. Uh, to to kind of address this, we live in a world where 20% of a company's revenues in the next five to 10 years will become 80% of their revenues. We're no longer in a period of time where companies can rely on 80% of their revenues to carry them forward for decades to come. As a part of that, they need to address new technologies, new partnerships, and new markets uh, to enter into in order to stay ahead of the curve and stay more profitable. With that comes major challenges in understanding who those clients are that they're servicing and who their clients are, right? That um, they can be helping them grow with them. So if you can help your clients, uh, help their clients grow, we know that that will generate a great impact for you as an organization. So really understanding the cascaded ecosystem of not only what's affecting your clients, but what's affecting your clients' clients and making sure that all stays up to date can be a massive challenge. If you think about the number of companies and industries that includes, it's this monumental task, right? So they need a solution that would rely on uh, a technology solution that can draw those connections and make it easier to uh, evaluate those interconnections between the industries and the players that they're evaluating. Um, now, beyond that, I did kind of hint at this before, but as challenges like COVID-19 or a lack of semiconductors, right, uh, pre present challenges, and as companies start, try to stay as profitable as possible, they might look at entering new technologies or new markets. And as you do that, it can be very challenging to, again, have all of the market research at your fingertips available for all of the companies that play within uh, let's say like cloud computing, if you were traditionally into semiconductors and electronics. So, so do you think technology will be the savior of the day? So for example, we are going through so many challenges. It's such a complex and you know, volatile environment. Uh, can you share some thoughts and ideas in, in this complex environment? How can we go about you know finding new revenue streams? Exactly, yeah, perfect question. And uh, again, I appreciate the repositioning there. Um, so the way that our solution seeks to do it, at least, right? Uh, I know that there are definitely others out there, but we want to provide an ecosystem view where you're able to look at all of the emerging markets and the high growth markets that are attached to different industries or different topics and technologies and be able to evaluate those adjacencies. And again, that's part of the reason 
it's so difficult from a competitive and a market intelligence uh, standpoint today, right? Is because uh, so many of the technologies that we need to look at are affecting so many different industries. So to have a tool that can come and save the day and we can look at the different application areas for let's say IOT, right? Or blockchain or these emerging technologies and see all of the different areas that it affects and the revenue shifts that are generated as a result, that's immensely valuable. If you think about the amount of time that a human would need to put into this and lifting and the heavy lifting and the dissection of the information outside of then disseminating that to the entire team, right? It's just a Herculean task. So to have a system that uses artificial intelligence to draw those connections, to say, hey, if you're looking at this market, these are the technologies that you need to be considering. These are the companies that you need to be considering. And here's what those companies are doing. Uh, that's immensely valuable. And it expedites that analytics process in a way that um, really humans were never able to achieve before. And I think it gives us a great deal of value when it comes to making those next level business decisions and really making impactful revenue decisions for your organization. Now, if you want to be as smart as you are or close to as smart as you are about technology, uh, do, what do you recommend uh, for the listeners here? Where do you go to you know, learn a little bit more about technology or if I want to know a little bit more about you know, business uses of VR, is there any specific place or places you would recommend or books or tell me what should I read or where should I go? Absolutely, Ram, I appreciate the question. And it can be tricky because, again, as we already talked about, right, there's like so much uh, information overload. <laughs> so I'll try not to give you too many sources, but um, I do, I'm a major fan of podcasts. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of being able to listen to them, whether at the gym or in transit. Uh, so there's a few that I do uh, enjoy. I like uh, Bloomberg Odd Lots, uh, frankly, a lot. They tend to cover a number of different topics and talk about what's affecting the industry uh, from a number of different perspectives. Uh, they do cover AR and VR. They cover semi and electronics. They cover uh, blockchain technology. So again, as the name kind of uh, suggests, right, they cover a number of different odd uh, technologies and it covers the board. And I, I really enjoy uh, the layout of that show. The other one that I like, which is a little bit less frequent, um, is actually uh, a podcast called For Your Investment, FYI. Uh, it's a podcast run by ARK Invest, but there are similar other podcasts as well uh, that do really focus on emerging technologies and the challenges and opportunities that are being created uh, as a result. Um, You know, I certainly wouldn't be a technology person if I wasn't well invested into, uh, say, stocks and cryptocurrencies and stuff of that nature as well. So I definitely like to stay on top of that type of news. And those uh, outlets certainly help with that type of research. Uh, but again, I know that that's only two of uh, a sea of information that you have access to. <laughs> no, no, thank you so much for sharing and thank you so much for being with us today. And I'm really and sincerely looking forward to your panel in the conference. Yeah. Uh, so again, uh, thank you so very much, Skylar. Hey, thank you for having me uh, again. Excited to hopefully have uh, any of the audience members here as a part of uh, or as an audience to that panel as well. We're excited to dive into these topics a little bit deeper and really go into uh, how we can help and uh, really the, again, challenges and opportunities that exist within the field as a result. So thank you again for having me, Rob. Appreciate thank you it. so very much.
Okay, so let's uh, go back to the agenda. Wonderful. So we had our introduction today and we had our first guest, Skylar King. Uh, I hope you enjoyed and his panel will be very, very interesting. I can't wait to see, you know, what kind of things is going to be presenting over there. Of course, he has a lot more time than uh, he presented in the show. So that should be wonderful. Okay, so we're going to transition a little bit and I'm going to introduce my next guest. Okay, let's get out of here and let me bring Fuad. Hello, Fuad. Welcome to the show. Hello, Rom. Thank you for having me Thank here. You. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I've been really wanting to talk to you for such a long time. So uh, Fuad is a keynote speaker, uh, really author, book author. He has a new book out and I hope Fuad you can come back because I look at the book and it's so very interesting. I think it's going to take an entire hour for us to go through the book. Uh, I have a very special friend who is uh, actually writing a book review. So I'm hoping to bring a few people to kind of dive in into your book and, and understanding a little bit more of your thoughts and ideas and uh, that uh, labor of love uh, that you created, uh, that is um, your book. So I want to say a few words about you. So in terms of introduction, you know, he is the director of strategy for Everbridge. And he's very passionate about a very important topic. So he works very hard to bridge or make the connection between intelligence and decision making. So not intelligence for the sake of intelligence, so not information for the sake of information, but information that is actionable, that we can turn around and uh, we, we can actually apply. So uh, I know, uh, and I mentioned that before, but you just presented at the ICI conference, right? And your topic was... Um, uh, competition is the solution. Could you please tell me a little bit about what what was that all about? Sure, sure. Well, first, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you to ICI for giving me that opportunity to present. Thank you to Skip also. I've been a long time member of uh, Skip and I love uh, all the content they are providing. Uh, thank to you. Uh, thank you, Ram, for, for this opportunity and the rest. And uh, yeah, for, for, for the session, I, I, I I, I presented or, uh, or the presentation I made, uh, it was about that notion of competition is behind failure. Whenever there is a problem in the market, we can't reach some clients or prospects. We target the competition. We think that it's the competition. And um, most often than not, it's, uh, it's not about the competition. It's first about the organization itself. And uh, the, the whole topic was about uh, demystifying that notion that uh, whenever we have a problem, we can go against the competition. First, we start with our own problems. There's a good saying that says, uh, when there is no enemy within, the enemy is outside, can do us no harm. And I really believe in that. And uh, so in the session, I was exploring uh, what are the key ingredients for, for, for companies who succeed and others uh, failing and why they fail. And uh, the list will be uh, very long, but uh, I try to, uh, to mention a few uh, key elements for failure, for success, and how competitive intelligence can help with that. Because it's not just knowing about the competitor. We, we need to be uh, a good observer of our own uh, uh, organization. For example, for the product, uh, CI people uh, somehow need to know the company's product before going to the competitor's product. 
It's same for the business, it's same for the industry or, or, or the space they are operating in. So yeah, it was about how companies fail, how they can win and how can uh, company advantages help with that. So this is basically, and there was a good example about uh, ice cream wars. Oh, I want to hear that. I'm yeah. going to have to go back to ICI and look at that recorded yeah. event. That's the recording, yeah. <laughs> Good. Now, uh, your upcoming topic, right, at the next Markets and Markets Conference is going to be Lean and Competitive Intelligence, right? So you're recommending us to bring something new into Competitive Intelligence. Uh, so why exactly uh, should we bring Lean or, say, Agile into Competitive Intelligence? Yeah, that that's... Uh, that's a good question about uh, why lean and competitive intelligence because uh, we we talk a lot about information overload we maybe talk less about work overload for ci professionals what what do i mean by that uh, we start doing a good job in uh, in competitive intelligence within any organization and the requests start to uh, to come our way and uh, very quickly if you do a, a good job you will be overwhelmed with those requests and you don't know exactly how to prioritize which one goes first which one goes second etc so this is just simple situation where uh, organization is important prioritization is important and uh, it, it happens that i was uh, exposed to uh, lean methods and agile uh, or lean principles uh, agile methodology and things like that and i was thinking why not using it in, in competitive intelligence because it, it can really help, not just for the day-to-day -day work of CI professionals, but also to design a new CI programs or optimize them, or sometimes maybe pivot or persevere for some CI programs. Sometimes the CI program is here for a few years, it's producing some results, but it's not the best we can get from that program. So the idea is how to, to make sure that we are Let's say applying the uh, Pareto uh, rule, 20% of effort bringing the 80% of results. And this, uh, this is what it is about when we apply lean to, to, to cut the noise or cut the, uh, the waste of effort in competitive intelligence. All key intelligence to topics are not created equal. And we need to make sure that we are really working on what can bring the most value for the organization and for customers from a, a, an intelligence standpoint. And that comes, goes back to your point about bridging intelligence and business decisions. It's not about being an intelligence router or dealer of intelligence inside the organization. It's not just about disseminating the, the, the intelligence. It's about getting into that decision-making cycle where the intelligence analyzed well with some recommendations can really shape some business decisions to the best, uh, in the best interest for, for, of the organization. And we can do that if we are all the time running after requests. You can have requests from marketing, from sales, from products, from anyone in the organization. And the ultimate goal is to serve these teams, all of them, but in the right way and uh, working on the most valuable thing. Uh, that, that, that's, that's what it is about when we're talking about lean principle and apply to, to, to competitive intelligence to help with that. Okay, so can you talk about, you know, and I think you mentioned a few of them, but some very specific uh, practical examples, and you talked about uh, the overload. So we get so yeah. many requests, right, as CI yeah. professionals, so many requests come in. Yeah. So could you uh, explain how, let's say, uh, you know, design thinking or Kanban 
could be used to help sure. CI professionals? Sure. Well, I discovered, for example, um, the, the, the approach of design thinking is more about um, creating, let's say, uh, uh, CI programs adapted to the organization. All organizations are not equal. And we have first, what I love about this approach is that we empathize first that we understand the organization first to define the problem we want to solve. We don't start with a, a generic CI program and we think that it will work. Sometimes the deliverables of CI outputs for one organization will have no value for another organization. So it's always about before uh, uh, seeking to fight or to do something, seek to understand. Once we understand, we define after that the problems uh, in the, we want to solve for the organization, we start to ideate which kind of CI outputs, uh, deliverables, uh, meetings, for example, uh, what, what are the formats, what, kind, what teams we have to talk to. We ideate on that. What we call prototyping in, in uh, the design thinking process is, is creating, let's say, uh, well, a prototype. What, what I call it for CI, mm -hmm. it could be the deliverables, the, the meetings we will have with people, and we test it with, with, the, with the people inside the organization. That way we can get closer to what the organization really needs in terms of market and competitive intelligence, not going broad and, and, and uh, maybe we miss the point. For Kanban, for example, for the day-to-day, and I, I and I love uh, the, the approach. You don't so just, do I. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't just get take uh, any request and start working on it. You don't run with it. You keep it. And uh, I have a very simple Kanban I I I I use and I advise people to use. Is you have your funnel, everything going to 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 uh, come in your way. You keep it there and you prioritize in your backlog. Same way product teams do. Uh, you prioritize. You make sure that. The key IT you're working on, for uh, key IT stands for a key intelligence topic, uh, is, is really the most important and the most urgent or something like that. It's the strategic level of that uh, request. Then you move on into working on it. So it, it helps with that. Uh, of course, I would spend a whole hour talking about Kanban. But the idea is to make sure that the entry point, when you have any element, you don't just run with it and start working on it. You prioritize, you make sure that it's uh, uh, listed uh, according to the value it brings. When you work on it, you make sure that you're not spending a month working on something that you can work on for a week. So the lead time is important. You define your criteria for when we can say that that's, that PIT is ready to be presented to stakeholders. And once it's ready uh, and presented what kind of feedback you can get to make it done because you don't close any uh, key IT until, let's say, you have some feedback about that also. And this is something maybe new for many people uh, talking about each time we're presenting something, uh, uh, a CI output or deliver deliverable, we seek that feedback from people to make sure that we optimize the, the, the output each time and we optimize the overall program over time. because. The worst thing is to keep presenting uh, 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 outputs that nobody cares about, for example, mm. and it's not responding to their needs. So we need to know if it's really valuable to them or not. If it's not, we adapt. And this is what we call, we're talking about pivot or persevere over time. So yeah, these are some elements I want to share with the with people. Of course, it will be more specific and for with some examples, but uh, that's the goal. So let's say I am, you know, trying to implement or convince my colleagues we need to do a Kanban for yeah. CI. 
So we need to find a way uh, uh, to make the case or make the argument. So um, how can we measure efficiency gains? So let's say from a Kanban or from uh, any lean approach uh, to CI. So how do yeah. I measure the benefit? Yeah, well, look, uh, the benefits first is uh, the time uh, to deliver, uh, uh, time to delivery, I would call it. Uh, what would take a month, uh, sometimes we saw it can take a week or less. Uh, you have the lead time from step to another step, and you have the cycle time also uh, to, to, to complete the whole uh, uh, task. And that, uh, that's important because most often uh, we have a request and people start to, to, to contact us to get some uh, ETA, let's say. Uh, that's from the quantitative uh, standpoint. Uh, from uh, the qualitative standpoint, it's more about uh, what kind of... Uh, uh, impact it had on the decision making according to the priority we gave it. So if there is a mismatch between what people are valuing in the decision making and the priority we gave to that key IT, that's uh, a metric we can follow and we can optimize over time to make sure that we don't prioritize what's not priority, uh, a priority or strategic priority for the organizational people. So uh, yeah, I don't know if it helps you to, uh, to, to get the sense of yes. that. But there are many, many, uh, many tools we can we can use to uh, to measure the uh, the efficiency of of work according to uh, uh, let's say a, a cumulative flow diagram, for example. It can help you to see uh, which uh, how many let's say uh, requests are in the, their your funnel, how many are in your backlog, how much uh, work in progress do you have? Because you don't want to have a lot of uh, work in progress for any team member. And the beauty of this is that you can use it as a team management tool. So the whole team has access to the same Kanban, for example, and they can see all the activity of any team member, and they can see how much time is taken to deliver it and there are how many items they are working on. We don't want people to be overwhelmed. We don't want them to be underwhelmed. So it, it, it's really a good uh, management tool for CI teams, uh, uh, I, I would say. Yeah, I did use them, but I and I love them. But it's always interesting to find ways to demonstrate the value, right? Yeah. So it may be easy for some, maybe challenging for others. Uh, so what that, are the? I'm I, sorry. I, I would say if I would uh, add to it, uh, sometimes the approach is not to try to convince; it's to deploy it, to use it, and to show the results. Show the value. And when they see the results, they can pay the price. But if you if if we start sometimes. Uh, to try to convince people that this is the way and this is how it can work. Sometimes people can't buy it until they see the results. So sometimes we start with the, with, with uh, deploying it, uh, getting some results, and then we show the results. It's always better in my experience. Great. So could you name a few of the challenges that people might encounter when they try to deploy uh, Lean into a competitive intelligence or bring Lean into a competitive intelligence program? Yeah. Well, first is knowledge. Knowledge about uh, Lean principles, um, agility in, in general, uh, whether it's uh, about uh, Kanban or other uh, methods. And it's before that, it's also the mindset uh, uh, of, of, uh, of keeping it uh, concise and uh, cut the waste for everything. So uh, it's, it's, it's knowledge, the challenge, but the good thing is that the knowledge, they can uh, get it from, 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 from outside. If there are trainings, you, you can call some consultants to help you out with 
the, 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 the lean part of things. You know your work uh, from a CI standpoint, but for the lean agility and things like that, you can seek help outside, but you own it at the end of the day. This is what's important. A consultant will help you to just, uh, how to say, shape it, but you shape it, you own it, and the results and the outcome, it's yours. So you can go get this knowledge outside. If there are training inside the organization, fine. But first, I'm talking about the mindset, because if we don't believe in, in the value of, 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 uh, of, uh, of agility and the Pareto principles and things like that, it would be hard to, to deploy it. And people inside the organization, if it's not already familiar with these principles, uh, it would take some time. But for that, you have a, a Kaizen also. You can go little step by little step, you know. It's, it's, a, it's sometimes better than to go uh, with the big project for many years and people have a lot of expectations. You start small, you make sure that you have the result for that and you show that result and you, you continue on. So, but it can be challenging for some organization. I already saw that. Well, I can't wait to see your uh, presentation uh, at the upcoming Markets and Markets. Uh, again, thank you so very much for making the time and I reserve the time. Please uh, come back because we, we want to talk about your book. My pleasure. Thanks a lot for this opportunity and uh, looking forward to, uh, to, to, to the session. Wonderful. Okay, so let's go back to the agenda for the day. Okay, so we just spoke with Fuad. Uh, thank you so much again, Fuad, and thank you, Skylar, uh, for talking with us today. And then I want to introduce my next guest, Ijez Hussein. So let me uh, bring him in. Hi there, Jazz. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? Uh, thank you for uh, the uh, opportunity as well as having me here. And, and especially thanks to all your audience and listeners who tuned in today. Thank you so much. So, you know, I have to you know set up the frame of our discussion. I mean, the pandemic, it's in everybody's minds, right? The uncertainty, the pandemic, uh, all those things. And um, I know you are a top researcher. Thank you so much for setting time aside to be in the show top researcher at uh, Deloitte. Uh, you have some very interesting specialties. You talk about manufacturing, you talk about energy, you research several different sectors. So I think you have kind of a, a panoramic view. You have all the depth, but also you have the panorama. So you know what's what's going on, right? In yeah. all those different sectors. Um, so um, I know that your topic uh, for the upcoming Markets and Markets Conference is about uh, resilience, right? And right. that specifically talks about navigating uh, the disruption. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so could you illumine that a little bit? So what uh, kind of actions companies uh, did take that actually helped them weather the pandemic or the disruption? Yeah, so if you look back uh, what happened and how certain companies uh, navigated the pandemic as well as the uh, following disruption in terms of economic slowdown, I think uh, the common theme is uh, that they all planned and invested in anticipation of such disruptions or events, right? So they did a scenario planning, they kind of did some kind of simulations and, and, and they, they basically uh, linking your strategy and, and, and risk management to such an extent that they were better positioned to, to basically respond to any certain uh, uh, disruptions or events and, and then able to be 
able to recover and thrive, right? So I think uh, in a nutshell, successful organizations or businesses and teams, they plan for all types of outcomes, uh, both short and long term. So they, they did not uh, expect that only certain events will happen. Second is uh, as, as they work, uh, they, they work with different uh, partners or vendors, they kind of collaborated and, and removed those silos, which typically organizations or businesses operate in. So they've, they've collaborated and partnered with different uh, companies or different uh, industries to drive more innovation uh, so that, that they can manage those disruptions better than their competitors. And, and finally, uh, adaptability is a key to survival and disruption, right? So I think uh, it, it holds true for organizations, it holds true for any sort of teams or even individuals, right? So if, if individuals and organizations are adaptable, they are able to kind of uh, navigate this uh, uh, pandemic or in such restrictions, right? So I think if, if we look back, the companies or the sectors or, or the companies in certain sectors which did well, it's, it's all about being able to adapt to, to the new outcomes and, and how uh, you kind of uh, able to navigate, right? So I think uh, basically scenario planning, uh, planning for uh, any kind of event and having a, a response strategy for, for such events. Now, a segue to that kind of question. So it was not the first pandemic. It was yeah. not the first disruption. I hope it is, but certainly will not be the last. Yeah. So what can businesses do to prepare for the next big thing? Yeah, so I think uh, two things, right? So one is uh, basically align, uh, align, align your strategy uh, to the changing customer needs, right? So I think uh, the disruption not be only uh, in a major event, right? So it could be a slow disruption where your end markets, your consumers, your customers keep changing, right? So I think uh, you have to implement uh, processes that enable your business or your uh, particular unit to easily redeploy all the resources to different uh, changing uh, needs of the customers or, or the end markets. That's one. Second is be able to diversify uh, your, your uh, uh, target markets or revenue streams, right? right? So you continuously use innovation to create new products and new services, which kind of address the evolving uh, customer needs. Third, I would say, continue to increase the use of advanced technologies, the digital technologies like the industry 4.0 technologies to basically enable your organization or your business to create uh, those new business models and also create new opportunities, right? So there might not be an, uh, a market opportunity existing as of now, but who's stopping you from creating a new opportunity? I think you use advanced technologies such as uh, digital twin, advanced analytics, 3D printing, so to create those kind of uh, opportunities which, which doesn't exist today. Uh, in terms of workforce, workforce is a big challenge as we can see, uh, there's a big war for talent going on across the globe, be it US, be it emerging markets, be it Europe. So I think uh, invest in your uh, employees, invest in, in upgrading their skills, uh, have trainings or rotational programs to, to basically enable your workers to reskill uh, for the uh, skills of the future. And also provide your employees with a flexible working options, have a good work-life balance so that they feel empowered as well as they feel that they are able to do some creative work, right? And finally, uh, what impacts companies is, is the supply chain disruption, right? So. Internally, you might do certain things in terms of uh, focusing on building operational efficiencies, building, uh, creating innovative products. But if your supply chain on whom you're uh, relying on doesn't act or respond well to the changes, you, you also go down, right? So I think 
try to diversify your supply chain across multiple partners, multiple vendors, and also different regions so that if there is a particular disruptive event which is specific to a particular region, you're not entirely uh, exposed or uh, uh, you're so exposed to that particular region or to the particular uh, geography that, that the whole supply chain goes away. So I think focusing on uh, advanced technologies, focusing on your employees, focusing on creating new markets, using innovation to drive new market opportunities, and finally, uh, kind of diversifying the supply chain is something that uh, we all learned that I have been very critical for, uh, for basically evolving out of this pandemic as well as responding well to this pandemic. So I, I think that the overall arching theme that you talked about is uh, about adaptability, right? Is that the key for resilience in business? Yes, that's very key, right? So uh, adaptability because you are... Uh, uh, the economies can be disrupted, the end markets can be disrupted, the industry that uh, an organization or a, or, or a business is operating can be disrupted. So as long as you foresee all the uh, different outcomes that are possible and you have a response strategy even before such an event happens, uh, then that enables you to be adaptable, right? So you can't just be adaptable, build adaptability without understanding what's likely to happen. So if you have a plan, of how would I respond to different uh, scenarios, different events, and, and what would be my response strategy and recover strategy, I think uh, that that's puts you in a better position compared to your peers, right? So I think uh, companies, what how they can build adaptability wrong is they can put in a, uh, the processes in place to assess whether their current uh, strategy is, is good enough to withstand any unexpected market events, right? So, they can focus on, on building a greater transparency across their own organization as well as the entire supply chain that they operate in, saying that these would be uh, our response strategies in, 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 in terms of different outcomes, right? Uh, for that, I think companies need to remove this, those silos that I talked about, right? Remove silos both within the organization as well as uh, across the uh, industry, right? So you, you focus on more cross-functional as well as cross-organizational collaboration, which, which enables you to get not only data or information from your own channels, but also from outside the channels. Wonderful. You know what? I can't wait to see your presentation at the upcoming Markets and Markets event. Again, thank you so very much for your taking the time. I know you're fairly busy as well. Thank you so much again for taking the time to speak with uh, all of us today. Thanks, Ajay. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Look forward to the uh, panel as well as, as my presentation next week. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's go back to the agenda. So again, uh, there's some comments. Uh, I funnel some of the questions. Uh, thank you. Uh, information about the book. Uh, should in so Fouad, I'm waiting for you. We're going to talk to Fouad again about his book. Lots of comments and questions about that. Uh, and so let me go to the uh, upcoming events. Uh, what are we working on? So in the upcoming shows, uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about, you know, the future of work. Uh, we've been, you know, working from home, working from the gym, working from everywhere, working from anywhere. So specialists will be discussing the future of work. Uh, is there still space for sustainability? So ocean sustainability, a specialist will be talking about business efforts in that area and why are they important. So my colleagues from the Association of uh, Professional Futurists will be coming by to talk about foresight, foresight, foresight methodologies, future studies. So again, so focusing on the uh, immediate or near future, and some of them focus on the very far future. 
We're going to have a very special show to discuss the university cooperation partnerships, uh, how to make them work, how to make them work better, how to engage the universities, how to draw benefit from those uh, partnerships. Of course, we'll be focusing on technology. Technology kind of permeates uh, all of the all of the talks we have. It's a key tool for businesses uh, because we are all avid readers. We're going to have another you know, book review session. Uh, we're going to invite uh, more of the authors to come back. So I'm waiting on uh, Fouad to return. Uh, it should be an entire hour uh, to go through um, his book. And then I'm waiting for one more person, Joyce Joya. She is a wonderful futurist. I had the opportunity to speak with her a couple of times. Uh, she also has a very popular newsletter that she distributes. Uh, you know, very interesting thoughts and ideas. And she works not just, again, on the near future, but uh, the not so near future. And as I just was, was talking to us today, you know, the issue of preparedness, the issue of being uh, more flexible, the issue of applying the tools of the trade, applying uh, all of the, you know, scenario planning, whatever we can use uh, to develop some kind of understanding and for what was telling us about, you know, how can we become more efficient? And then Skylar was telling us, you know, how to leverage technology. So I think it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and all of the above combined. And that's what's going to really uh, help us become, in, in Asia's words, more resilient or more resilient businesses. I hope to see you guys again at uh, one of the SKIP. ICI, or of course the upcoming markets and markets events. Um, this presenters took uh, some time out of their very busy schedules just to share some thoughts and ideas with us. So I hope you uh, can come and, and watch them again. And, and I see you have um, some more comments and questions. And of course, uh, it's wonderful uh, to have all of them here and sharing a little bit of their work and, and their passion. So if you have more thoughts and comments and questions about what you're passionate about, what do they write about, what do they research, uh, please feel free to uh, leave them in the comment sections and uh, I'm gonna get the, uh, the comments uh, back to them. So again, uh, I hope you um, have enjoyed the show uh, and I hope you, you come back. Please come back, uh, like, share, comment, subscribe and visit us again. So I wanted to uh, go uh, back to the agenda. I think we, we still have uh, moments, a few more moments for some last moment comments and questions. So thank you uh, very much. Uh, we have Dr. Aslam from Palo Alto Networks. Uh, hoping to see you too, Dr. Aslam, here with us to talk with uh, Fuad or Ijaz, uh, talk uh, something or one of your topics. Uh, you do lots of uh, wonderful research as well. So in uh, closing, uh, I wanted to thank you again one more time for uh, taking time off of your day and investing it with us. I want to thank you very specially. You know, Skylar King, Huad Benyub, Ejaz Hussein for taking some time off of their busy schedule to be with us and sharing some thoughts, ideas, and kind of telling us a little bit about what they just did in different conferences and what will they be doing. So please uh, follow them. You can find them on LinkedIn as well. Uh, they have wonderful thoughts, wonderful ideas, and that's why I feel that uh, they are so, they have so many interesting ideas to share. I thought, well, we have to bring them uh, into the show. Uh, 
please uh, visit us either Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, or LinkedIn. Uh, like, uh, comment, and share. Thank you so much uh, for your time today. And I want to close the presentation with our institutional message. Thank you so much.